you can't call someone a martyr if he also was shooting back <laughs> you know what i mean also like if you don't want to die a martyr don't create a fake religion and manipulate people into joining it you know it's more than a podcast they're more than best friends it's more than an hour of laughing and crying and then going back to laughing again it's more than a podcast they're more than This is, I remember a woman coming to Relief Society. She was married and had kids, but she had a calling in the YSA. She came to Relief Society with like her two young children, and there was one Sunday she wore pants, and she like made this disclaimer at the beginning of Relief Society. She's like, I'm really sorry I'm wearing pants. She's like, my kids were going crazy, and just like it was just, it just had to be a pants day. Like, I just couldn't get a skirt, I couldn't get an outfit together, and then my toddler had this situation, and she's like, that's why I'm wearing pants. And it was like, this whole thing of why she's wearing pants. Now I'm like, at the time I didn't care, and I don't think anyone really did, or even noticed. But, but the fact just, that she, she felt, felt like, like she had to say something because she, yeah. for whatever reason, she felt eyes on her. She she felt and I'm, you know, saying that in like a metaphorical way, like, you know, she like heard whispers, mm-hmm. you know, like maybe that wasn't actually happening. But there is like this unwritten rule that women have to be a certain way and men also have to be a certain way in the church. You mm-hmm. know, I'm not discrediting that. However, you know, in terms of talking about the patriarchy, you know, if you're wearing pants, you look too masculine and you're not set apart from the men. If you're wearing a skirt that's too short, you look too sexy and all of a sudden you're walking pornography for the men. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're wearing something that isn't garment appropriate and you're endowed everyone becomes the garment police if you're wearing something so that's the way you nice look enough, and dress you look too casual you're not yes allowing the spirit it looks like you don't take it present. seriously exactly because there are people who will say like what they were wearing was distracting me from the message of the spirit and i wasn't able to focus and and, and men and when women do it in the in the church it's um you know no one is more at fault than the other when it comes to that kind of gossip mm-hmm. but you know this um this patriarchal grip is something that was perpetuated from but did you do that on purpose day one oh <laughs> i sure fucking did i had this situation with a roommate at byu idaho i know again talking about my roommates but i just had so many roommates we just go on tangents so seriously maybe this is why we only have like 80 people who listen <laughs> on a regular basis <laughs> I mean, A is impressive for people who, like, just use Instagram mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> to, like, promote our little podcast, but still. <laughs> yeah. If you're with us, if we you're with you. us we appreciate now, you. Uh, if, you, if you've been around for my past roommate tangents uh, and you liked them, then stick around because I have another one. Then uh, hold on to your butt cheeks, <laughs> folks. Fasten your Here fucking seatbelts. So <laughs> this roommate who shall remain nameless. Uh, she, I was FaceTiming a friend of mine who was not a member in my room with the door closed and my friend through FaceTime said, fuck in a conversation and we continue talking, whatever. Then I don't know if it was that night or like the next day, but not too long after there was a roommate council about how, of course there was, of course there was. If you're not using clean language, then you're first not keeping the honor code, which you promised to do. And second, you're taking, like, you're removing the spirit. You're making the spirit leave the apartment. And it interferes with other roommates' abilities to feel the spirit. And I said... That's when you blurt out and be like, do you know how much pornography I've been watching on my cell phone (laughs) while y'all are asleep? (laughs) Oh, her head would have exploded. (laughs) No, I said, if my friend saying a swear word in the other room affects your ability to feel the spirit, then maybe you're not as close to the spirit as you think you are. 
And then I oh, left. Oh, damn. And I called my friend Katie. Mic who we drop. might have on the podcast, so she can verify this. And I, like, she picked me up, and in her car, I just, like, fucking went off. I was like, this motherfucking bitch thinks that I'm not allowed to fucking swear. I was like, I'm a 25-year-old woman in my apartment, <laughs> which I pay for, and oh I didn't gosh. even swear. It was my friend who swore over FaceTime who's not a member. Like, you want to come in and talk to my friend who's not a member and tell her that she's and not allowed her. to swear in her own home a thousand miles away? Like, it was just that the most... is hilarious. Ugh. Yeah, and then it went downhill from there, and now I don't talk to that roommate, believe it or not. Sounds fair. Quick side note before we continue, because I don't want to stop the conversation about Emma, that a billion percent reminded me of the time <laughs> when I was working at Walmart with my roommate and Isaac, who at the time was just my boyfriend. We weren't engaged or married, and the three of us got along really well, and sometimes we were a little loud, and... Um, when my roommate was around Isaac and I, every once in a while, a swear word like shit would pop out of her mouth. Mm -hmm. Nothing too crazy. That's so, pretty crazy though. Like for, I feel like anything more, anything more than like damn is pretty crazy for Mormons. Yeah. And don't even start with goddamn so, because that's like, that's blasphemous. Call the bishop right now. That's outer darkness type of language right there. Mm -hmm. We don't go there. One of my favorite things as a i used to swear all the time i always sweared as a mormon uh swore not sweared i always swore <laughs> as a mormon uh but like you know only around people who i like knew would be comfortable with that you knew yeah and so <clears throat> pardon me so when we worked at walmart we worked like one of the later shifts and sometimes wouldn't get home until like one or two in the morning so we come into our apartment, the three of us, and we had one hell of a day, like collectively working. Mm -hmm. And we were standing in the kitchen, which you know how the apartment was laid out. Like the kitchen was there, living room was there. You're just right there. And um, you're just right there. <laughs> this our is roommate, cheap Rexburg housing. Who, very, very cheap. <laughs> yeah. So one roommate was sitting on the couch. And, um, her friend, you know who I'm talking about, was there. Is it a guy? And again, yes. Okay, yeah, I know who you're talking Starts about. Starts with a K. Yep. Um, so they are sitting on the couch, again, two o'clock in the morning, and I said the word fuck. And this guy, again, and the spirit male- left. In Rexburg, Idaho, at 2 o'clock in the morning, in our apartment, turns around and tells me that I should clean up my language and that it's against the honor code and he's offended. And without even missing a beat, I turn around. I'm like, this is my fucking apartment. I pay rent here, not you. And it's 2 o'clock in the morning, so you're breaking the honor code. Good for fucking you. So this is why we're friends. He felt because neither he felt of us the need to correct me shut. because of his patriarchal duties, not even realizing that he was being incredibly hypocritical. And that's basically been my experience with the majority of the men in the church is that they can correct me no matter what I'm doing, no matter what they're doing, and whatever they do or say is correct. And whatever I do or say is not. Mm -hmm. I've and always felt like me the fuck off. you and I have talked about before how you felt like you were too like loud, too outspoken, whatever to date Mormon men. And I always yep. felt that to maybe an extent, but more so that I was just like too, like, I guess progressive or liberal, just like too relaxed about like church rules and not necessarily like commandments you know like i was right. i took really I seriously like covenants that i made in the temple and like missionary work i took so seriously but sacrament church attendance yeah, stuff like that yeah but there was i was more relaxed about you know swearing and certainly at byu idaho like uh the curfew those kinds of things i don't think there's really any I, well obviously now i don't but at the time i never thought there was anything wrong with like going to get a soda on a sunday or like 
if you're out of toilet paper on a Sunday or if you're supposed to bring something to yep. potluck and you don't have it and it's a Sunday, like, just run to the store and get something. Uh, yeah. You know, like, how can God really give a shit about every single fucking thing you do? I've always had that attitude and I think that that is what prevented a lot of my, like, relationships with men in the church from continuing is because I think Mormon men not only have an expectation that their women will be uh, perfect and obedient or whatever, but I do think there's this idea that, like, well, if she's not being obedient to, like, church things, then, like, how is she going to be How is she going to hearken to unto me? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's, I don't know that that's true. Like, I, none, I dated wonderful men in the church. None of them would ever but say that to me. But that's, that's what it feels like. Mm-hmm. And that is the vibe that comes off. And sometimes we even hear people flat out say it. Yeah. I had someone tell me, but like we had became friends and he said, when I first met you, I thought you were trouble because you had visible tattoos. I knew and you I was like trouble when you walked in. It's a shame I mean that That's time. me. But, and of course, because there's, uh, there's also this thing, because I have tattoos too, of feeling like you need to um, give the excuse of like, well, I'm a convert and I got them before I joined the church. Or people would say, well, I used to be like, like inactive and that's when I made this decision. Yeah, that's like the only thing whatever. that makes it acceptable. Because if you're an active mm-hmm. member who is willingly getting tattoos and piercings it's like yeah you're going to hell mm-hmm. you know god says not to do that right you've read for the strength of youth haven't you mm-hmm. of course you have anyway what else would you be reading <laughs> what else would you be reading when you're having existential crises in the bathroom taking a dump come on <laughs> i mean now I read. Get your shit uh, together. My bathroom book currently <laughs> is like Friends trivia, like Friends the TV show. It's like a book about that of is trivia a good read about Friends, and it's really hard. Oh One day God. we should do just like a not at all Mormon themed episode, and I'll just read you questions from that because you are the Friends Dude, expert. I would love it. I dig it, and I dig it's it. It's hard. Like there are some difficult Friends questions <laughs> in there. I've uh, maybe seen the series like 70 times, so... Isaac is probably better at it than me because he his memory is impeccable. <laughs> um, yeah, sometimes anyway. when I'm hanging out with you guys, you guys, you, one of you will quote like the most obscure line from Friends, and I'm, I've probably seen the series three times. Like, I know you, like, the show. And you recognize it, but I'm you're like, like... Yeah, and I'm like, why? And I can tell you like exactly the scene, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're, or you guys will be like, remember that nerdy. one scene where Joey says like what? And I'm like, that could <laughs> that could be any episode at any time. And you guys, you the two of you know exactly like what you're talking about. Isaac and I have also blended into one person, mm-hmm. so Yeah. That's a story for another time. But did you ever watch anyway. How I Met Your Mother where Lily and Marshall like blub into we one? We love the cornmeal body scrub. I was actually thinking about that in That's my head when exactly. I said that, but I was like I don't know if Megan would know the reference. If Isaac were down here, he would have quoted that with me because that is exactly, <laughs> we are Lily and Marshall. Like if anyone has ever seen How I Met Your Mother, if you want to know what Isaac and I are like in real life, we are Lily and Marshall. Yeah, I can vouch for that. I would say that in that show, I'm just like the that one bartender that like they're kind of friends with. <laughs> or Ranjit. <laughs> I would love to be Ranjit. Yeah, I like I know the crew, but I'm not even close to being in the blob. Oh my god. Okay. But I actually I don't want to get crazy. I do think in that situation, I think I would be the Ted Mosby because I am kind of like perpetually like unlucky in love and you guys just kind of like scoop me along and you're like, There there, Ted, you'll this find This is true. Someone. You you are a little bit of the Ted Mosby of the group. Mm-hmm. And we don't have this any other true. friends to fill out the rest of the group. That is also true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Welcome to life, my friends. It's hard to be an adult with friends. All of the virtual 80 friends that we have. Let us know in the comments which member of the group you would be, and maybe we can fill out the gang. Like Maybe we can fill it if out. If we could just yes. get a Barney and a Robin. We would be That's all we set. need. We only need two of you to come in. 
and we'll we feel, only need a couple. We'll feel emotionally gratified for weeks. <laughs> if you uh, want to fill out our little posse, we'll uh, send you like a sticker or something. Yeah, we have stickers now. Um, so going back to my theory that Emma knew a lot more than what we are led on to believe in terms of Joseph Smith and polygamy and probably everything else in the church. Um, there was a campaign that was put out to publicly deny Joseph Smith's involvement in polygamy. And apparently Emma Smith was the one to like lead the campaign. And she got thousands of signatures to, uh, you know, support that Joseph had never practiced polygamy. This um, just makes me think of what's her name? Helen Mar Kimball, mm-hmm. who was like, yeah. uh, when she was 14, manipulated into marrying Joseph Smith because he threatened her and her family with eternal damnation. She wrote yeah. in her journal that she like didn't want to marry him, that she was miserable. She just wanted to be like a normal fourteen year old girl and hang out she, with her like, friends. She like didn't sleep for like two days, like agonizing over the decision mm-hmm. on whether or not it was right to marry Joseph. Her first hand account is out there. Yeah. This is not stuff that we're just like pulling out of our hat. We're not Joseph, okay? You can go <laughs> read her first hand account. It's devastating. And she was 14 or 15. And Mormons love to be like, and she was one of the greatest like supporters of polygamy. No. Instead of she was seeing coerced that as, yeah, this like And manipulated. Look at Warren flag. Jeffs. And he is still leading the cult from jail because even though he's going to die there, like people believe that he will get out of jail and come back. And even though he's gone, like they are so wound up and brainwashed within it that none of them would ever speak badly about Warren Jeffs. And that's the same for a lot of Joseph's wives, including Emma. She published in March of 1844 regarding the, uh, I just lost the word. Campaign. Campaign. <laughs> we raise our voices and hands against John C. Bennett's spiritual wife system as a scheme of profit gates to seduce women and they that harp upon it wish to make it popular for the convenience convenience of their own cupidity never heard that before that just Don't, makes me think of like no Pepe Le Pew. like i feel like he had that's cupidity. kind of <laughs> yeah cupidity wherefore while the marriage bed undefiable undefiled is honorable let polygamy, bigamy, fornication, adultery, and prostitution be frowned out of the hearts of honest men to drop in the gulf of fallen nature. So, there's that's a pretty bold statement. It's a pretty bold for her statement. to make. There's like two... about a man who, at this point, because he didn't die too long after she said this i'm i think it's the same year in 1844 so at this point he had 30 plus wives yeah there's two um two ways that i think about this one is this like uh first hearing that and realizing that that's coming from someone who was like a victim of polygamy yeah not that if you want to be in a polygamous if you're an adult in a consenting relationship. relationship, absolutely. Right. But this idea but that Emma she never didn't actually want consented that. to polygamy. Yeah. This sounds and like which, someone who Which is... we know even the church has admitted that Joseph hid these plural marriages from her for a very long time. Right. The this I mean that statement is really harsh. It is really bold. Uh, I think that comes from someone who's been uh, really traumatized and really hurt by polygamy. Absolutely. Yeah. And the other thing I think is, you know, to come out like that. It's just it's sad to think about to come out that harsh against something that's hurt you so deeply, and to have uh, Mormons, a church that like you were a part of, f- like founding, to have them twist that and be like, oh, how sad that she like did that and said that and believed that um instead of again like 
it's so easy for Mormons, and I say, I mean individual members, but also, like, the church. It's both. It's the church and the culture. It's so easy to just label, like, anti-Mormons or ex-Mormons as, like, oh, they're just this. Lazy, offended, whatever. Instead of, like, really taking the time to look at, like, why they're, uh, why they have such strong feelings against the church or against certain doctrines. Like, some random person that's never been negatively affected by polygamy isn't going to write something that's that um, emotionally motivated. Yeah. Like, that comes from a person Especially who is Especially because deeply her reputation is also, you know, at risk of being tampered with because she was not a stupid woman. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so for her to uh, be perceived as someone who had fallen victim... Mm-hmm. Um, certainly wasn't good for her reputation, not to mention the fact that, um, you know, at a very young age, she eloped with her parents' disapproval. And so if she were to step away from Joseph, she would step away from everything she had, everything she knew, all of her support. And so to be so adamantly outspoken about polygamy was not only to protect Joseph, but I think it was to protect her. Mm-hmm as well and her children yeah you know absolutely there's um definitely it's easy to see i don't know it's easy to see when you start like looking at ms smith's story how or why the church would want to sort of bury a lot of parts of it because like we said before it's not really that the church like lies about her story but they just skip over really big and really important parts there's of a yeah there's a lot more complexity to emma smith and the church mm-hmm. leads on and i and, and i'll drop a couple links to um some articles about emma and uh polygamy at that time and you know they really do kind of gloss over why it's such a huge deal right you know it you know and this you know it it's so I know it's really hard for people who are active or maybe like even just a little bit nuanced, but still in the church, you know, to hear that Joseph Smith was a pedophile, that he practiced polygamy, that he practiced polyandry. Like those are really hard things to hear. It's really difficult to hear the word cult be associated with your church and your belief system. Uh, Brainwashed is such a bold word to use. Um, but I really do feel like that's exactly what was happening here. And when you, when you look at Emma Smith, when you look at, uh, you know, the other 32, 33 wives that he had, all of them were manipulated, coerced, and it wasn't just by Joseph. It was by all of the men that they were surrounded by. Uh, Heber C. Kimball, uh, played a role in Helen Mar Kimball's marrying to Joseph, you know, it was her, her family. Mm-hmm. So it makes perfect sense to me that the church is considered a cult that you could generalize, you know, some of these people, some of the membership as brainwashed because, you know, look at this, like he had her tricked and manipulated from the very beginning. And he also was someone that she loved and grew up with. And like, you know, I mentioned trauma bonding. Mm -hmm. You know, when he died, she was pregnant. You know, he left her a widow. And the church likes to make Joseph Smith out to be some sort of martyr because a mob came into Carthage. But, like, do people not... Is it Carthage or Liberty? Whatever one he died in. I think it was Carthage. I think so. I think Liberty... That sounds right. the one where he was in Liberty Jail. That was the one where, like... In the movie, they're like, uh, they're kept in the basement and they can't stand up and they like throw the food down to them and eventually they get out of it. So, so when he died, you know, what a lot of the membership doesn't, uh, necessarily know is, um, I have it, I have like a little sentence that I wrote down. So his death was brought on because of the publication of the Nauvoo Expositor, which was written by disaffected former church members that were uh, leaking, for lack of a better term, 
Joseph Smith and his polygamy. And um, there was an order to set it on fire. And that's why Joseph Smith was taken to jail. And, you know, he wasn't this martyr that you think, not only because he was absolutely guilty of the charges that uh, were pressed against him, but he had a loaded gun and he did shoot at this, you know, mob of people. And, um, you know, some pe sometimes people are like, well, of course he defended himself, but it's like, you can't call someone a martyr if he also was shooting back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, I, you know, like, I don't know. Like, I think too that's also important is like from the very beginning, the reason Joseph Smith isn't alive is because he practiced polygamy and he lied about it. Yeah. And he coerced and manipulated and brainwashed all of these people. Yeah, I think uh, the the narrative the church gives is um, that it was almost like God's plan for him to, like, die so young. And, you know, he he sort of, like, lived just long enough to, like, establish the church and translate the things that need to be translated and receive all the priesthoods that we needed to receive. Uh, and then he died this sort of, like, poetic you know, beautiful death uh, after, you know, restoring the church. And after a lifetime of struggle of mobs chasing them in and out of cities. Yeah, and but I think, like, there are plenty of people who start churches and they don't have those kind of mobs coming after them. And it's because people don't have a problem. Well, in general, people don't have a problem with someone just, like, having a church the problem is the things that the individuals in the church do and whether yeah, or not they're like, accountable for mormons were so persecuted and it's like do you actually know why because it didn't actually have anything to do with what they believed in terms of like god and jesus and the book of mormon it had everything to do with what they believed in terms of marriage and family right and uh also, like, if you don't want to die a martyr, don't create a fake religion and manipulate hundreds of thousands of people into joining it, you know? Because mm -hmm. if Joseph Smith had yep. just continued his little, like, metal-detecting side business without bringing religion into it, he could have lived a long, full life, and you and I wouldn't be friends. Yeah, so. it's true. So maybe we should thank Joseph. Praise to the man. I mean, I suppose, in one way yeah. or another... So, but who's to say that is, we wouldn't have joined a different cult and become friends that way? We'd absolutely, <laughs> we would have absolutely. Like, and apparently, according to some of our hate comments, we have already formed a cult, you and I. You, yeah, I mean, look at it grow. <laughs> and if you guys, yeah, if you didn't know, we are trauma queens mm -hmm. and we have created a cult. And we, so we all, we have 80 cult followers bow down to us and kiss our feet mm -hmm. no i think our cult should be like a nice cult like a like, like a one nice of those like inclusive one cult. of those cults that like at first you just think it's like kind of a little like a little like hippie dippy like shared living community like midsomar and then the longer you get into it you're like creepy shit starts to happen like i want to have one of those cults <laughs> I don't know if I opt into that. Uh, the cult consent. leaders are fighting, you guys. Like, we're so sorry. <laughs> we're disagreeing. You. I don't know how that's going to turn out. We love out. you no it's matter what you. happens. <laughs> so um, after Joseph's death, murder. Um, <laughs> Call it what you want. To. There was a lot of tension between Emma Smith and Brigham Young. Emma felt like her child should be, what was it? Joseph Smith III, am I making that? One of her children uh, should son. be the next prophet. Yeah. One of her sons, uh, Brigham Young, felt like it should be him. Um, that kind of led to a split off. And we're going to have to talk about Brigham Young someday because he said some pretty nasty shit. But he was not nice to Emma at all. He hated her. He was her. also not nice to, like, literally any marginalized nice to community. Slash also yeah, just, he, like, uh, the people around him. I think... He, the church really should not name their university college. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, do people not even realize how bad Brigham Young was? Like, and honestly, I feel like it's pretty widely accepted in the church just from like my observations and personal experience that Brigham Young wasn't necessarily the best. Mm -hmm. 
And yeah, so I think uh, he sort of there's this. I would put him in the same category where people put like um, Elder Holland, Elder Bednar, this like rough around the edges, but somehow still called of God sort of vibe. Yeah. Um, where yeah. like if you actually had to like spend a lot of time around them, like would you really want to? Like even if they are called of God, like why yeah. are we just like letting them be assholes? You know. Apparently, if you're called of God, you are free to be as asshole. It's that as second you want. anointing. It's that damn second anointing. God damn it! We should have secured it before we left. There is no way you were. I we were not patient enough. Can women even get it? Or is it if only if your husband man, gets it? If they're married to a man who gets it, yep. Well, I'm the Ted Mosby. If That's you guys never want to know about the second me. anointing, I will gladly link the episode where someone who has received it shares his experience. It's intense. Um. So Emma Smith, Brigham Young, they fight, they bicker, they bitch. Emma Smith goes one way. Brigham Young goes the other. Brigham Young led and brought up what we now have as the mainstream LDS church. Emma Smith uh, kind of got into the connection and built up what we now know as the RLD ch RLDS church or the Reformed Church of the Latter-day Saints. Uh, now it's just community of christ no oh the community yeah. of christ no i think so yeah community yeah. of christ i think church. you're right which by the way i think you're right fun fact about me before i was ever a mormon one of my best friends in high school was a member of the community of christ church and i went to many many church camps with her and church services and was like i uh, sort there's of there's a lot of community of christ's though so it could have oh been no it, it was it it was uh was it yeah. really they have um they have a university in i think iowa called graceland university they Gosh. have um their own temple that's prettier than some of our temples it's got like a white it looks kind of like a thing. shell yeah, yeah. Uh, they have kind of their own uh, it's in uh, missouri mm -hmm. they also own, they own the like a lot Kirtland of the temple. original yeah they earn a lot of the original church artifacts and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But yeah. during my time, and I went to, I mean, I would say this was like a few years of my life where I went to like church services regularly and I went to their like youth summer camps and like those kinds of things, like church camps regularly. I never, not a single time heard anyone mention the Book of Mormon. I never heard anyone mention anything to do with like mormonism uh that so from my understanding and like if anyone actually knows please correct me because i i don't know a whole lot about uh the branch off but from my understanding they are not like they don't uphold the book of mormon as normal latter-day saints do no um no and they because i believe i, I heard someone say that they joined the mormon church because the rlds or community of christ told them that they would have to like denounce the book of mormon this is a long time ago like uh 50s 60s so i don't know if that's true so according to the community of christ website they affirm the bible as the foundational scripture for the church and in addition they use the book of mormon and doctrine and covenants as scripture um but they don't use it to replace the witness of the bible or to improve upon it so there you go. This is just, uh, you know, an alleged story that was kind of like mm -hmm. told to me about someone. It was either like their mom or aunt or something. Um, Other fun yeah, facts that's really about interesting. community of Christ is women can hold the priesthood and yes. perform baptisms. Uh, you can be transgender Ghost. and yes. gay and also um, y you could even hold like apostle, yeah. you know, level callings in the church. Yeah. So if you are, you know, if you're someone who is really struggling with like the mainstream LDS church and you really, you either firmly believe it or you're like, you know what, I'm content with this doctrine. I don't want to dissect it. I don't even want to like question or doubt, but like the way the church is handling things when it comes to like inclusivity and allyship, you can just head on over there and experience just about all the same things yeah. without the creepy endowment the ceremony ship. and a lot more inclusion. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, fun fact about me, I attended regularly the Community of Christ Church and then uh, stopped going for a year because I started college. And then 
after that met missionaries joined the mormon church and didn't even really realize the connection until like years later because until no one in the community like, of christ church calls it oh. rlds or reformed they don't mention mm-hmm. mormonism nope. so, oh, they don't mention yep, LDS. Nope. you know like it's just in my yeah from my experience the few years that i was acquainted with it it was just like another christian denomination like a really a pretty progressive a pretty liberal christian yep church yep I did look into <laughs> going and visiting when I had first left because I really, I, it was a lot easier for me to let go of the whole Joseph Smith thing than it was for Isaac. And I was like, well, you know, cause Isaac at first was like, well, maybe Joseph Smith wasn't necessarily like a prophet, but maybe he really was like inspired in some way. So I was like, okay, well maybe like this community of Christ or whatever would be like a good alternative. Like it, we never visited because it didn't take long for us to kind of like break down the rest. But I was, I was entertaining the idea of like looking into it. I actually reached out to someone who attends and I'm actually still friends with her on Facebook to this day. So maybe I'll have to have her like, maybe I'll have to have her on because she actually left the LDS church and then goes to this church now. So maybe she'll have to give us the tea. Yeah. Yeah. That would be cool. Yeah, uh, weird connections. Cool. Uh, weird that they started in the same from the, in the same spot. You know, yep. uh, Joseph yep. Smith died. They all and, came from the same place. And then they they split into two different directions, and we wound up with Community of Christ. Not that I'm saying it's like a perfect great church because I obviously don't attend, but you know, from what I experienced, like very welcoming, very progressive, very liberal. I feel like if um, you're going to be one to believe that, you know, Joseph was inspired in a prophet, um, perhaps it would uh, make a lot more sense that maybe Emma and her whole side had it right. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. That it was more of, oh, well, he's dead. I really feel like it would be best if my son became you know if you're doing things based on like i feel that this would be best there's a lot more margin for error than the mormon church which is like this is the perfect restored church and there's no mistakes and everything is revelation and yeah. you know and then you wind up with uh you know a super high demand cult-like religion uh yep. that is super conservative and uh manipulative and um toxic and traumatizing you know whatever adjectives you want to use it's interesting that they came from the same uh the same beginnings i agree so yeah joseph smith dies they split off um emma smith passed away april 30th 1879 and on her deathbed um you know she she held on to the belief that polygamy had never occurred She said, no such thing as polygamy or spiritual wifery was ever taught publicly or privately before my husband's death that I have now or ever had any knowledge of. He had no other wife but me, nor did he have, nor did he to my knowledge ever have. Uh, We know now, and this is something that the church has admitted, you know, this is uh, widespread knowledge that is verifiable Um, Joseph Smith had 34 wives and Emma Smith was the 22nd wife to be sealed to him. Mm Um, 22nd. What's interesting about that quote, um, I wonder if she, if that was like the statement she was going with, she was just sticking to it. Or if she really believed that. Because, you know, when you're old... I think it was the statement and, <laughs> that she was just sticking with. And you're you're dying and you've been telling yourself for however many years, this didn't happen. It, it is true. It's very possible that she convinced herself. Mm-hmm. Either way, we know. It's absolutely possible. Um, you know, you can definitely convince yourself something is true. Especially if there's like a lie that you told for a really long time or something like that. You know, even just fuzzy memories can kind of... Yeah, you know, the human memory is not reliable. It's actually one of the reasons that, like, eyewitness accounts are not, you know, held to a really high regard in crime cases because Mm -hmm. your, you know, your memory, especially when 
you've experienced a lot of trauma is not a reliable source. And so it's totally possible that she had yeah. gotten to the point where she had just believed the conjecture right. and believed the lie and was like, you know what, this is it. And I'm, this is my story and I'm sticking to it. Yeah. So either way, I mean, we know that it's not true. Like you said, we know that Joseph Smith did have 34 wives yep. uh, and we know that Emma Smith knew about some number of them. Um, but I, I, he, she apparently caught Joseph Smith having an affair with Fanny, Fanny Alger. Yeah, oh Fanny, who was also wasn't she like fifteen? Yep. She was fourteen years yeah. old. Yep, she was uh, living in their home. Convenient. It was that... almost like a daughter-like figure. Yeah. Convenient that your wife catches you sleeping with fifteen-year-old that works for you in your barn, and then suddenly you have a revelation. God tells you you need to it's marry like her. a really terrible episode of that's so raven like he just like has a vision and he's like now we have you know, to do the this. movie the movie definitely depicts zero polygamy and the movie definitely depicts that emma was the first one he was sealed to yes yes correct i would agree to both and that's those not things. true that was actually one of the things that shocked me the most was that she was not the first wife sealed to him mm-hmm. 21 other people had to come before her mm-hmm. that's a big number isn't that insane? Twenty. Isn't that fucking insane? Including mother-daughter pairs and people who had living husbands that Joseph sent away on a mission. That's what polyandry is, is he was uh, marrying women who were married to other men already. And the, you know, so like- there is no way you can justify polygamy because Joseph, like, he's literally just, like, caught. Right. You know? And while we're on, like, the the topic of polygamy i think i feel like when i was a member uh one of the ways that i would justify it to myself and also teach it as a missionary is i'd be like well you know throughout time like god has allowed polygamy to happen for this reason or that reason and the biggest one that i always talked about was like abraham and how like his wife couldn't have children so then he was like you can take a different wife so you can have a child only for the first wife to then get pregnant um Yep. But I don't know why I would teach that to people because I knew that Joseph Smith, like the purpose of his polygamy, like wasn't because his wife couldn't have children because she did have children and also because they adopted children and they took other people into their family through different ways. Like it just. And uh, so if it wasn't to have children and it was and then when he died it's not like his son became the prophet like that's what emma smith was like Mm -hmm. i think my son should be the prophet and brigham young was like no god wants this it's like so it wasn't even like he needed a biologically related son to be the next prophet for like god's will it was just like you know like that's not the reason so then you think of the other reasons which is like oh well the women needed a uh man to support them because of the time period they were living in but again most of them like already had husbands and a lot of them joseph smith sent these husbands on missions or they had parents who would take right that there's so many so many other (laughs) options before you go for and if it's about and everyone is like well it's about like um you know the ceiling connection well if that's the case he would only need to be sealed to one person to be then sealed to their entire family. So why was he being sealed to sister yeah, pairs mother and mother-daughter daughter, yeah. pairs? And everyone was like, well, it couldn't have been about sex because, um, you know, we don't have evidence to support that uh, he fathered children besides um, the children he fathered with Emma Smith. However, you know, there are some theories and... Um, some convincing evidence about abortions being performed yeah oh my god that's like a whole other thing and i would absolutely not doubt especially when you look at the links they were going to to hide joseph's polygamy mm-hmm. of course a pregnant plural wife it would, would be have something that you would want to... destroyed yeah. yeah you don't want that to get out yeah and um Really, no matter no matter how you look at it, uh, unless you're a Mormon apologist, then you just kind of ignore all those things. And you're like, but God said. Uh, and if you just want to believe that God said that he should do it, then that's fine. But I think 
to me that's just not a good yeah it's like if god's gonna if god's gonna tell him that he should do this thing that's damaging and harming um children and women and other men who are married to those women you know many many families many many people and that this the root of the church a lot of issues that are present in the church come down to joseph smith and the kind of man he was and the kind of things he did and the relationships he had i think you know look at the listener email we wrote we read last week where they were sexually abused as a primary kid during sunday Mm -hmm. school in church It makes total sense that the founder of that church would be someone who... All of the sexual issues we have in the church stems from, you know, Joseph Smith. And again, people will try and say that the times were different. Guys, that is not a valid excuse. We have census records showing that 14 and 15 was not the average age of people getting married at the time. Mm -hmm. And if you really feel like it was okay then, but it's not okay with what... You know, it's not okay when Warren Jeffs does it now. How can you justify in your head that there's a difference? Right. You can't. And just like we talked about last time, like, you know, outside of the Mormon church, I have so much more, like, respect for myself. And I have this uh, understanding with myself that, like, I deserve to know everything about what I'm getting myself into, like, what I'm believing uh things that I'm practicing, you know, even with, like, my job, with relationships. Like, uh, we talked about it last week with, in terms of making covenants, but I think if the bottom line is going to be, well, polygamy happened because God said it should happen, and it doesn't really matter that we understand why, I think that every Mormon and non I think you, you deserve to know why God is allowing innocent people to be victims of joseph smith's actions especially when they involve you also get to know why the church lied and hid this truth from you for so long yeah you also get to know that you deserve that information i deserve that information like if you're going to be giving the church your time your money your talents your efforts until the day you die and then allegedly forever after that like you just you deserve more than just like well god said that that's how it should be and i just have faith there's nothing wrong with having faith in things but have some fucking self-respect to be like i deserve the truth from the heavenly father who made me and loves me like i deserve for him to tell me why these things are happening because having faith in like you know someone was blind and now they can see is totally different than having faith in these kinds of like disgusting revolting um really traumatizing actions of someone that you're taught to to praise and to worship and to like revere like you deserve to know why leo leo's upset he's like having a moment he's pissed about this you guys (sighs) anyway 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 okay we've recorded for quite a while as usual Um, I feel like Emma's death is probably, like, a good place to end the conversation for now. Um, I feel like Emma Smith, uh, she deserves a lot more credit than what the church gives her. She doesn't deserve, you know, I don't, I think if she were alive today and um, able to speak for herself, I don't think she'd want pity. I think she would want joseph and the harm that he caused for her and for her children and for all the other women i think she would want him to be held accountable because we've come a long way here in 2021 and if for some crazy ass reason emma smith could speak for herself i feel like she would be someone who would have been like a frontliner for consent for truth you know i don't know i get that feeling maybe not but i just feel like you know she's someone who deserves our reverence and respect and um you know she is a huge part of why the church is even here to begin with you know oh yeah absolutely 
she uh she's our first relief society president i mean yep you know yep yep she helped joseph smith be a scribe for the book of mormon yeah oh that's right so you know she was a pretty badass lady if you ask me yeah and i will always love emma to speak out against you know polygamy in a way that's as uh bold and as uh, jaw-dropping as she did i think Mm -hmm. deserves more respect than the church is willing to give her because they don't even acknowledge it they don't acknowledge the things that she cared about the issues that she wanted to and they it seems like they haven't even like tried to contemplate why she denied it to her deathbed even though we of know of course because you can't you know like someone keeping up that lie to people who leave the church because pretty soon you will start to no. understand why they left the church and then before you know it you've left the church as soon as you soften your hearts folks it's all downhill from listen there. to tad r callister <laughs> love and compassion are tricks of the devil yes listen keep your heart hard listen and learn <laughs> keep it nice and if hard if you start to feel like you're understanding how someone else feels you better go take a long hard look in the mirror and forget that anyone else exists because it is you and you, you alone better get that <laughs> out of your brain do not let satan put that inside of your head Mm-mm. well <sighs> you guys um thanks for sticking around we appreciate you we love you give us a like give us a follow if you are listening on spotify or apple podcasts Make sure you subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. And um, if you guys have any suggestions for future episodes or whatever, I think we're going to like combine a little document. Um, so we would love to hear what you guys think we should talk about yeah. next. We've got a whole list of ideas, but we want to know what you guys are interested in, in talking about. If you're about. someone who has listened to like a few episodes, like let us know which ones you like and like which ones you didn't like as much or whatever um that would be helpful to us i mean at the end of the day we're going to talk about whatever we want to because <laughs> basically <laughs> our podcast because it's still our but podcast. it is but nice to get we're open to your ideas we're open to feedback um also if you're going to leave comments um constructive ones are good um you know nice ones are good but if you're just going to be a complete dick you're going to get straight up sarcasm back like straight up so lena responds that is only going to help our views <laughs> yeah uh lena responds to hate comments on well all platforms faster than i even yeah. know they're there like i'm just living my life they're my favorite and thing she's, they're my favorite she kills thing. It every time definitely like follow subscribe uh and we'll see you yeah. next time we love you bye bye Thanks for listening to the More Than Mormon podcast. If you made it this far, then you're definitely worthy to enter the Telushto kingdom. Wait, is that the good one?